You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Alex. Hello, Professor. <sighs> you know, I was having a pretty good day today. Uh-huh. Taught a class. Had some, I've got some great students. And then I checked Twitter, and uh, the goddamn Rock and his family had or have covid yeah i think they they've gotten they've gotten better they've They've recovered recovered. from it they've recovered from it this uh is that you're just upset about this that that the i mean obviously the rock's gonna beat covid i mean the rock can do whatever he wants he literally can beat me he can beat you he can certainly beat covid um it's just i would say it's the relentlessness of like shitty shitty news thank god that he has recovered uh you know so much shitty news and a warning to everybody just because everyone's getting really really bored of having to wear the mask and stay inside it doesn't mean that everything is going going away you know you gotta you gotta really maintain boundaries because because people's boundaries are slipping they are slipping but you know there's one silver lining that I will say comes out of the rock. What is this, professor? I'm going to send the rock to kick your ass, your candy ass if you call me professor one more time. You put the dumb in professor Dumbledore. You goddamn jabroni! Little Justin. Little Justin. Little Justin. That's the only one I got, and I dropped it. No, it's done it. now. That's it. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what's your name. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome to Pour the Rock. Pour the pour, to Pour the Rock Johnson's Little Justice. Dwayne the Rock Johnson produces our show now. Uh, no, it's a little justice. We're here. Um, you know, it's so funny. We uh, this is actually going to be a little different of an episode. We're we're uh, we're not necessarily doing what we normally do where we pick a theme and I mean, we are, we, we are picking a theme and I guess technically there's a theme, but it's yeah. Yeah. But we, we wanted to take a second, you know, in the midst of all that's happening in the world, uh, we recently lost, uh, someone who was integral to the film, uh, industry, the entertainment industry, Chadwick Boseman. And, um, we wanted to do an episode to just sit with that and process that. And, uh, and deal with that because it, it it is a uh, you know it, it's it's this crazy freaking time where it's like the first thing that comes to mind is like oh my god was it COVID? Um, it was not COVID in this case. It was it was colon cancer, which is 
crazy because he was so young. It's, it's just a really, it's a huge loss. It's a huge loss. And so we wanted to take a moment to celebrate this man, uh, Chadwick Boseman. It's an interesting kind of... Um... Uh, thing to look at socially because obviously there's there's so much going on in the world every day is a new hard conversation to have uh and when something left field like this you know it comes out of nowhere uh you know the, the initial reaction is everybody posting and everybody you know getting it's kind of like a caught off guard like on, on social media when you get caught off guard by something or when there's a sudden new topic of discussion <laughs> everything gets flooded and I think you find out in in the days afterward, after all the initial, you know, everyone grabs kind of the same photos and they make their remarks. And not that it's a bad thing; it's a it's a great thing. It's an amazing thing that everybody can collectively, you know, voice their things. But then, as more information is delivered and more stories are told and more, you know, all of these things, you get this broadening sense of what it actually means, like what actually happened and what it actually means. And it's it's so interesting to follow. Uh, you, you know, to, or to to find out that it was 2016 that he was diagnosed with colon cancer. Yep. Uh, yep. and that was that was at the beginning of his career. This was before you know. You think, oh well, Black Panther was a while ago, so it probably happened, you know, after that and all that. But no, this was like before anybody even knew who this guy was. And not that, and not that. I mean, the thing you know, the thing that's I think is crazy about Chadwick is when you start digging into his into his into his into his filmography and his and his work i mean this this guy's been working for for 20 years you mm -hmm. know i mean he it, it's you know yeah we we recently learned about him in, in film but he's been you know he was back um doing all my children um really uh, that and this is so this is what's crazy he was reggie montgomery in all my children uh but he he was uh fired for voicing uh concerns about racist stereotypes in the script and his role was recast with Michael B. Jordan. Get out of here. Not even joking. Not even joking. And um, yeah, from there, I mean, and also, I mean, he's not, and I think one of the cool things too is this is not just a film and television person. This is a, a, a playwright. This is this is a yeah. guy, so he was uh, writing plays for a long, long time, got awards for his plays. He also was in the lab of Holler If You Hear Me, with which if you don't know, is the uh is the Tupac Shakur musical that was that came out mm. a while back but you know he really he really has had this like truly amazing career in a very short time so we just yeah we just want to take a moment to to just talk about it what let me ask you this Alex what what is it about celebrity deaths like or not you know yeah celebrity deaths what is it that do you you think hits us so hard well, about these I mean, it, it's it's kind of com the common talking point, I think. You know, film and TV give everybody, and, and, and celebrity culture in general, music and sports and everything, there, there's a common tongue in it, right? When something popular comes out, uh, I can go to anybody in the country right now and talk to them about Tiger King, right? Mm -hmm. Or about a famous actor, about a famous musician, um, it, it provides this kind of, uh, you know, focus points culturally for everybody to kind of share together. And I think it can get warped for sure. You know, the, the celebrity worship gets out of hand. But I think that's only because uh, there are so few things um, based on people's, you know, appreciation and enjoyment, things that make people happy. You know, mm -hmm. no, nobody's getting revved up over politicians. Nobody's getting revved up over, 
you know, famous people who are not, you know, involved in, in something that, that makes people happy. You know, the same thing that, you know, that happened with Kobe and, and pretty much every celebrity death in the modern age uh, is, is when it happens, it's, it's a shock because it's kind of like everybody knows that person, you know, even though nobody yeah. knows them personally, everybody feels like they're connected in some way to that presence. And, and it's kind of an ongoing, like you just assume it's going to be there. And especially when someone dies young, you just, you're, it get, you get so caught off guard by the suddenness, it, of it. the the suddenness of it. And the fact that I also think about, especially for people who are photographed or filmed for a living, mm-hmm. we have such a distinct picture of who they are. You know, one of the things that came up prior to his death was, you know, he was going through a lot of weight loss and weight gain. And, you know, this, we knew, we no, no, he didn't no None of us knew he was sick. So, people were commenting on that, like, Ooh, Chadwick looking skinny. And they were, you know, everybody was kind of making fun of him before, yeah. before people knew that he was really sick. And that I think, I think being someone for whom you are in the public eye is just like, and I think there's a, an, there's an expect, level. there's an expectation of vulnerability that, that doesn't exist. Right. There's an expectation from the public that you do actually know what's going on and that you want, you want to think that, you know, uh, you know, when George Clooney goes home at night, what he's like and what his relationships are like and what a quiet conversation with this person would be like. You want to think that that you have an idea yeah. because you've painted a picture of this person. I think the hard truth is that in almost every single case, I can't think of one celebrity uh, where this wouldn't be the case. Um, not that they're completely different people when the cameras are off and Twitter is down, but they are different people they are someone personal they keep a personal boundary whether that's a thin boundary or a thick one um and the information they choose they share they choose to share you know they have teams of people and and you know it it proves it the fact that that uh you know mr bozeman kept his his illness secret from everybody right up until the end which which is astounding to think that that's possible and then you realize oh yeah no these are these are choices that they can make as as people. And that's and that's one thing that I think people really need to get a bigger a stronger appreciation for is the fact that um you know this is at a certain point, you know, when you have a certain amount of notoriety, um social media in this day and age, that's your job. That is literally going mm-hmm. to work. That is posting and doing certain things is part of your job because your job is your brand and so you have to keep a brand alive, but who you are uh, you know, on social media and who you choose to be uh, in real life and in your actual life can be vastly different people. You know, I I was laughing uh, with, with uh, Sasha today because we were talking about there was a, a scene. Uh, she did the, the musical version of Rocky and there was a scene where uh, they filmed uh, the guy, my, our friend Terrence, who played Apollo Creed and her uh, as one of his ring girls getting off a plane. Uh, like like as footage of them like you know this is like the big challenger apollo creed mm-hmm. and they like rented out this private jet <laughs> and filmed this thing and you realize that like this was you know this was really before like instagram was like a huge oh yeah no that's thing. that's that's actually a pretty big business is is, is that, renting yeah like real I, celebrities renting out private jets for photo shoots for photo i and i had no idea that that's like yeah. a thing that people do that you rent out a freaking are you kidding me like what are you talking oh yeah 
because That's because insane. then you pose it's like people posing in front of Lamborghinis and stuff in the 90s like it it you give this idea that you're living this luxurious lifestyle right if people think that you're on a plane to go and it's literally lying it's literally people going on a plane to give off the impression to people that they have have purchased time on this plane to fly somewhere that they've chartered it themselves and that they live an opulent luxurious lifestyle these are the extents that people are willing to go through and like it's pretty easy to see through the the falseness of it all if you just bring yourself back down to earth. But people, uh, you, you have to actually consciously do that. And it's so easy to just absorb yourself in social media and think that everything that's going on is is the reality and that you're getting all the information um, and you're kind of part of it. Exactly. It's um, and it's which is actually interesting because if you go through Chadwick's uh his Instagram page, um, you see, I mean, there's a way to do it where you are being a genuine person um and he this this just seemed like a very genuine person there's nothing i mean everything everything i've seen about him and you can kind of and honestly honestly the rock seems kind of like the same person you know in in between you know clips of people drinking his tequila which seems to be his entire social media strategy these days um but you you get you get the sense that that he uh is is a genuine feeling you know charismatic person uh in uh, on and off the stage you know in and out of the spotlight and i got i got that with chadwick on his social media and in interview clips and in things in the news that he had done you know gone to the hospitals and visited and everything about him made it seem and the fact that he's producing creatively on the side also right that he's very involved in the craft and he's very involved uh with his family you just you got this sense that he's he was just a good fucking person, <laughs> and that that counts for something. That counts for well, it counts for a lot of something. It does, um, it does, and, and I and I think that when you do it with grace, also, you know, yeah. the feeling that it's not being forced, it's not for show, it's not being put up like, hey, like everyone, I hope everybody thinks that I'm a good person because I did X Y Z, which a lot of people do. Um, you know, using opportunities, which, you know, again, it's not a bad thing, but it's, it's a little false in the Hollywood sense. And just nothing I've seen about this man gave off that, that sense that it was anything but completely genuine. And I will say the, you know, he, um, in his genuineness, uh, you know, I just, uh, genuity, genuine, 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 genuine nudity. Genuine nudity in his genuine nudity, which okay, you know, go. which is genuine. Nude, <laughs> he's a genuine nudist. Um, no, I can't. I can't overstate the impact that he had on on people of color and on the black community. I can't. I cannot overstate that. And well, I, yeah. And it, I mean, talk talk a little bit about that because obviously, I I had a different experience when Black Panther came out than yeah. I think an entire you know portion of our culture did. Um, so, so what, what, cause you were, you were on tour at that point and yeah. was that one of the films that you booked out a theater for and did yes, it you was. Went the whole nine miles I went the whole on. nine. So Sarah was there. We, 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 we dressed in dashikis and uh, I'll talk, I'll say, th- uh, here's, uh, you know, this is, and I said a little bit of this earlier today. Um, here's the truth of it, man. You grow up and, uh, as a young black, especially as a young black man, uh, you were expected to play sports. That's like a thing. Um, there's like a, a, a real social pressure that I felt to play sports. Uh, trick question, uh, not trick question, but, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a trick. It's a trap really is what I'm saying because I'm not good at sports. Um, yeah. I'm terrible at them. 
Uh, and I, especially that young, I had, I did not have a lot of coordination. Um, so these stories, were you, were you, were you big as a kid? No, no, I was small. I was a small, I was, uh, when I was in seventh, eighth you're grade big, is when you're I, you're a big guy now. Yeah. When I was in seventh, eighth grade is when I really sprouted up and that, that, yeah. so there was a lot of basketball demand and I tried, I tried. I just wasn't. I can't, I can't see it. <laughs> I did. I mean, I did it. Like I was. I was. I played. I was starting center, and like I. Yeah. I, I did it, and but I was. I'm sure I was terrible. I just. Uh, it's just not me. Um, where I found my solace was these stories. Were were these these movies and these these comics and. And I think about the, you know, I was obsessed with Batman and Robin and Batman Forever when, when those movies came out. Like the, the like like you know the 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 Tim Burton ones were like a little. I never quite got into those, but I was obsessed with Batman Forever. But <laughs> like truly, like Seal in front of the bat light singing "Kiss by a yeah. Rose" is just my jam. You know, amazing. I am Kiss by. Oh, I remember. I saw it. I saw it at the drive-in. It was probably the last like drive-in movie I ever saw. Oh my god! Double it was feature so... with like Dragon World. And you watch? Don't, don't talk about fucking Dragon World. You watch it. <laughs> you watch it now, and you realize what a tr- like truly trash. These movies movie are, is. are atrocious. No, they're trash. Like, we should ba- do we- ba- Batman Forever is only outdone by by Batman and Robin, it which was is makes Bat Batman card. Forever look like a. But the thing is, they are filled with these moments that are memorable. No, know? they are. They're, they absolutely these, are. These yeah. movies were good. The bat card, the bat card, never leave home without the bat it. Was, card and the bat nipples. Th- that's it, when I, that's when I said no. <laughs> bat card yeah. was that's my that's my that's my say no point. But um, I look back at these movies. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're still on track. Still on track. Bat card is always on track. But I look back at these movies and I realize now um how supremely white they are, and I don't mean that in the way mm. of culturally. I just mean there is maybe one black extra in these films and for a young black boy growing up who loved superheroes it was a very lonely uh space yeah and there just there just wasn't i just didn't see i just didn't see myself and i i black panther is not my favorite marvel movie it's not i i i there's you know i i um i think that in all of them, and in terms of this first 10 years, I think Civil War is the one that has everything that I love. I think I think it really encapsulates. I think Civil War was like the next step of the evolution yeah. of the Marvel movie where it's like, oh, you guys want to, oh, you want to do this. You want to get crazy. Right. And like, you know, it was, uh, it was um, really like the, the, this, 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 um, the you know, I follow Honest Trailers. If any of you watch Honest Trailers, it's like this really funny uh, screen rants thing that they do on YouTube, where they they like do quote unquote Honest Trailers in movies, and they they call they call the three phases of Marvel. The first phase like is like the you know the like playing by the rules, like can we do this phase? The second phase is like uh like you know we're we're getting a little more bolder phase and then the third phase that has civil war is like when they said fuck yeah i'm a golden god i can do no wrong (laughs) and like they're just fucking doing whatever they want to do and that's what that felt like to me black panther also falls in that category but it's not you know it's not my favorite movie it's not my favorite so yeah so let me ask you because emin and i had this conversation about black panther because you know as a movie i didn't think it was really much better or worse than than most other marvel movies um but what it represents. Yes. Right. That's, the fact that this movie exists. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. T- talk about that dynamic. Well, that's that's what I wanted to get to. The fact that you have an African king as your superhero. The fact the fact that your story is truly about the disconnection of black of black Americans from Africa. Mm-hmm. That is literally and like and that Disney lets you make that story. Do you know what I mean? Which like yeah. is incredibly. I mean, to Ryan Coogler's credit, and in, like does his best to to make it very subversive. There were things said in that movie that I was like, they let you they let you say that because he doesn't he doesn't ever say it like on because no executive had the balls to call it out. <laughs> yeah, but like it's it's so. I mean, he hit it, but like if you're listening, it's there. Yeah. Like like the some of these lines are just like ooh you really go there you really are making yeah. a statement and that alone was powerful but seeing seeing this like black man who was royal and who was evolved and who was flawed and and especially the way that Chadwick played him it wasn't you know i think i think that Marvel heroes can either be quippy or be like stoic and militaristic. Yeah. And Chadwick found a way to, yeah, he, you know, T'Challa definitely falls more in the stoic version of things, but Chadwick gave him such a vulnerability. Yeah, He's, he's a warm stoic. He's a warm, he, he really is a, he's family. He cares yeah. family. And that, and that was the first, this is really the first Marvel hero. I think who has this in them where, not it's it's you know star lord is about family chris chris pratt star lord is about family but it's it's about the family he lost and is hurt because he lost it do you know what I mean yeah t'challa is about i have a family and i'm going to do whatever i need to do to protect that family right and to honor that family and that is just such a different narrative for black people to see the to see themselves in on screen well i mean and and i think presenting a world you know this is a world that exists separate from everything else, right? Instead of a story about trying to incorporate into a world that you don't fit into, it's about being strong in the world that you are in and that you know and the people you're surrounded by. It's saying it is like you don't have to be something else. You don't have to give any ground on what your voice is and what your culture is and who your people are. It is okay to have your own kingdom of of you. Yeah, of you. And your family. Um, and I think that that's so separate from from you know the depiction of the black struggle in, in other movies yeah. and TV shows and things where it's it's about it's about running up against it. It's a, it's about how it conflicts with everything instead of instead of just showing a you know a powerful group of people existing how they want to. That's exact. You, you I couldn't have said it better. It, that that's exactly right. And 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 just I just think about all the young kids who come up in this era where they can see these films as opposed to me who grew up with the Batman forevers of the world. Do you know, right. like it just, I can't, it makes a difference. It makes such a difference. And, and, and that's why his loss is so huge because like, you have to understand there's, there's only so many of us that they let through even now, even mm-hmm. now when things are better, when thing when, when we have made huge strides, there's no, you know, I can't, they, you cannot well so so we we talked about attack the block last week did you read what john boyega wrote oh yeah oh well i mean yeah and he's been saying that on his twitter do you want to fill them in what he's been saying well so i i don't i didn't read too deeply about it but basically john boyega came out and and talked about 
basically just directly address the fact that through the start of the new Star Wars trilogy, he was kind of brought in and and tokenized and then moved off to the side, which is absolutely true. His character was presented in the first film uh, in The Force Awakens as like this. This guy's the new front and center hero of Star Wars. Over the course of the film, he was kind of resigned to, you know, class clown. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in a way that was like very strange it was very strange for who and like and and i think and, the way i think the way he phrased it was nuance he's like they gave daisy nuance they gave adam nuance and i like his characters didn't have any depth like there was nothing going him on. and and this is this is what's this is what's really messed up him oscar and kelly all of them got relegated to these roles that were like yeah what the hell are you do? You know what I mean like like it 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 once it you 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 set off with the promise of bringing us a new generation of heroes, yeah. And you once again did what you have done, and 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 in a narrative that actually doesn't need. Do you mean like it would have been one? Here's the thing: Star Wars. We're not looking for like nuanced portrayals. What right. we're, lo- <laughs> we're we're just looking for good heroes. But like, what you don't have to do is like turn everyone else into like a afterthought or a joke. And like, just focusing on your two white leads, like you can, you can find a middle ground there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I think that that's, I think that he's absolutely right. And then also, I mean, like, I can't imagine being at the forefront of a franchise like that and being, you know, having to deal with all the stuff that comes with that from the fans, because the fan, I'm sorry, uh, I, I'm, I'm a Star Wars fan, but we can be... Some of us are vicious, and I'm and when I'm when I say some of us, y'all know who I mean. They are vicious, and they don't and they don't let and like and like you know calling it like a social justice casting or whatever. It's like, nah, maybe it's he's just a good actor. Like the kid yeah. is a super talented actor. All all five of them are super talented actors, and I and I say that again, I would watch Adam Driver read the freaking phone book. Yeah, Do you know I mean it's not it's not about anything about Adam Driver's performance. It's just like. If you want to truly make a space an equalized space, you got to make yeah. an equalized space. And and it was and again, I, I, yeah, I, I, I there's so much I could say about that. But I, I, I get just, I get the sense with Star Wars is that because there are so many kind of uh, cooks in the kitchen, yeah, in terms of of driving driving the thing and like toys are are a concern and yep. all all of that. I get the sense that the executives drove those decisions a lot more than absolutely than the directors. Absolutely, because the the third one, the last Jedi, uh, had a different director at first, right? Yeah, well, it was well, it was supposed to be, um, uh, uh what's his name, Gareth Edwards, who did uh, right, who did Godzilla, Godzilla. which was uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, do you so so t- to me that's executive stuff and and so you never land anywhere actually that's going to push a threshold that's going to change anything. Yeah. Um do you think that Black Panther when 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 Marvel sat down to pick not only that they were going to make Black Panther but who they were going to get to make it do you do you think kind of leaving Coogler and Chadwick and all these people together to make the movie they wanted was that an intentional thing and is that an okay approach or not like is is it is it kind of working against something to be like here like go make this product what like productizing you know their storytelling because the, it falls into a certain i go back to what i said about the three phases of marvel um you know they they it sucks because edgar wright came in at the exact wrong time 
he should have come in in these past three, four years, right? Because he came in when they were still like being a little trepidatious. The Russo brothers still hadn't proved themselves. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he came in and and they were still trying to to just kind of improve plus plus the movies that they had already made, right? So yeah. he came in with a vision for Ant-Man and they were like, that's too weird. And then recently, now that they've like, you know, when they, once they established themselves, like they were like, let's embrace the weird. So they got Taika Waititi in there doing all sorts of, like taking Thor and saying, let's rejigger this thing completely. You got, you got um, the Russo brothers being their best selves and, and stringing together some incredible work in Civil War. Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, and, and, and you let loose with, with, with Ryan Coogler. And I think that specifically with him, I, I don't know what went on behind the scenes. What I can tell you, there's no world with a with with Marvel Studios. There's no world in which this stuff is not passed by every executive at some point. Oh yeah, there's no there's no world. That said, what I felt when I watched the movie was that they let them go. They were like, "We'll pull you back, but go far, like go far." Do you mean you got yeah. Ruth Ruth Carter? probably the best i mean if not one of the few black women uh costume designers of all time but who has designed most in most of the black movies that you love ruth e carter designed the costumes and you mm-hmm. got her on black panther doing like straight up african like not e- we're not even pretending do you mean yeah. like th- there is no world in which this is not an african there's no all of these motherfuckers are dark-skinned do you mean like it's not like there's it is it is African and and the importance of that and allowing the story to be told and then like again like subtle things like I was honestly the things that shocked me the most were the things they did with Martin Freeman's character because like Mm -hmm. in him you have you you literally have the voice of the studios in that character being like you're third world country it's too much you know pull it back whatever and then Umbaku barks at this guy he literally looks at me and says oh 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 and like shuts him up. Like every time this white man tries to talk in this movie, they're like, shh, it's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. And like, that is insane. The, the, like the culture, like that's beyond like just a racial joke. That's like, that is a statement. Do you know what I mean? That is huge. I, I, I saw when I, you talk about me renting out the theater that my Hamilton cast, well, you know, 90% of us are, are, are African-American or have some African-American heritage. And when those moments happened, it was people standing up and clapping. There were swerves of people who went to see Avengers Infinity War solely because they knew those characters were in there. Yeah. They didn't know anything about the movie coming up into it, but they knew that T'Challa and Shuri were there and they were like, I'm going to be there. That's the power of what they did. And that's why I think even if an executive at some point had their hands on it, whatever they did, that's how they should be doing these movies. Yeah, because because it it again embrace the directors that you have, let them run free, let them do their thing, and then yeah, and then you go back through in the editing room and you say, okay, here's what we need to here's what we need to to judge to make it this reshoot this do this, but like you, at least let them be your baseline. Mm-hmm. And I th- I just think I also just think not even in terms of representation, but like in terms of product, you just get a better product. Um you know, let the artists be the artists and then you be the business people. And I think, I think that's, you know, talk about star Wars. I think that's part of the thing too, is like whether or not, you know, I, I, I was, was John, was what happened to John Boyega 
overtly racist, we will never know. We truly will never know. We will never know if there was a meeting where like the black guy's not testing, pull him back. Do you know what I mean? We don't, we will never be in those rooms, but what you did definitely sends a certain message. And John Boyega is right to say something about it. And, and beyond that, I would, I would go so far as to say that if you had a story that was, I don't know, planned out, if you knew what your story was before you did it, then you would have been able to give this actor yeah. an, an any sort of arc, any sort of arc at all. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, because- I mean, it's, it's tough to say that it was any one thing with, with that just because of how much of a mess yeah, that was it a all was. complete mess. And granted, you know, I, I I went back to Return of the Jedi recently, and I don't know if if anybody's watched Return of the Jedi recently, but like the disparity in tone between oh yeah episodes four, five, and six. I mean, like it's nothing new. The only difference was those were, you know, they like they they were somehow able to keep the through lines. The tones were like, vastly well. They were supposed to not be. Return of the Jedi was supposed to be revenge of the jedi and it was but you know luke was supposed to die at the end and all this stuff and and then it was a studio thing like oh no we'll sell more toys if yeah if it's happy and there's it was Ewoks. literally han solo <laughs> literally becomes barney the clown like it's yeah it's it's, it's absurd it's, it's truly an absurd film and i didn't realize it until i rewatched it. i was like holy shit this is bad you guys this is yeah this is bad guys like bad. what what did you do and especially because you set it up with the promise of empire but uh, but again, like story wise, those those three stories connect. Like you, right. that's what makes it work. Is like you can at least follow the bouncing ball into the different tones. Um, you know this, but the the Star Wars trilogy is like from the bottom, from top down. Yeah. It's just like what the hell. Um, well, so there's Chadwick Boseman through the lens of Marvel. Yep, and what what he brought to the world in yep. that department. Uh, as we've dug a little deeper into, because I was not familiar with maybe any of his other work. Oh yeah. Before. Yeah, yeah. Um so did, what did you what did you pick to you know we just we each picked one to watch yeah. just so we'd have a you know a a, a broader conversation than just oh black panther. <laughs> so I'll um, yeah. Yeah, what'd you I'll, find? I mean, so what I'll do, I'll actually I'll actually uh do what we normally do, which is, you know, do the thing. Set um, it up. Set it up. Uh, cuz I mean the the filmography is not that big. I think you'll be able to get it right off the bat. Um we open uh, with one of my favorite singers of all time, Marvin Gaye. 
Mm-hmm. And some shots of the 60s. A lot of shots of the 60s. Um, document and truly f- footage of the 60s. Like, this is not filmed. This is, uh, you're seeing a lot of President Nixon. You're seeing a lot of the Vietnam War. Uh, you know, uh, Tiananmen Square. Uh, you see uh, the, the, the monk uh, uh, burning himself in protest of the Vietnam War. Um, really graphic images. There's one image that uh, he, uh, there's a, shot of a man who was shot by GIs uh, in the street and you, and you actually see it happen. You see the last seconds of this man's life, actual footage of it. Um, and, and you're just going through, going through, and then it cuts to present day Vietnam in a hotel. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's called the Majestic Hotel, if my mind is correct, if my mind is remembering. And there's an old, a older black gentleman waiting in the lobby sipping a drink. And uh, another black gentleman uh, comes up behind him, and there it's like kind of, kind of a reunion. Like, you know, you get the sense: okay, are these guys soldiers? Have they been here before? Uh, and then two other black gentlemen come up, uh, and they're having a reunion, and uh, they they are like hugging each other, and you know, you're kind of getting a sense for who they are character-wise. One of them seems a little more reserved than the others. One of them is like flashing his money around. He's apparently paid for the whole trip. One of them's like the Joker. The other one's like the, the smallest one's like the leader. Uh, and then they go out to a bar and they're just like dancing to old 70s music. And uh, one of them earlier has pulled out a picture of a fifth member um, that uh, you can guess is no longer with them. The man in the picture is, of course, Chadwick Boseman. And the movie is The Five Bloods. Our platoon was ordered to find a C-47 CIA plane that went down with a payroll for the native people, the Lahu. Now, they didn't want to be paid in paper currency, so Uncle Sam was paying them in gold bars for their help against the VC. Well, we found the gold. And we bury it for now. They ask, we say the VC got it. They don't, we come back and collect. You mean rip it off? We ain't ripping off shit. Who feel like they're ripping something off? We was the very first people that died for this red, white, and blue. Yeah, that's right. It was a soul brother. Christmas addicts at the motherfucking Boston Massacre. We've been dying for this country from the very get. Hoping one day they'd give us our rightful place. All they give us was a foot up our black asses. But fuck that. I say the USA owe us. We built this bitch. So originally I wasn't going, originally I was going to pick one of his, his biopics cause he's done a ton of biopics. Yeah. Um, but well, so yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to talk about cause it, it, it's a short filmography, but you kind of see the evolution of a career. You see kind of the path that he had put himself on yes, from he, pre to post black Panther. He really, he did a, an amazing job of, you know, I think, I think it was really cool. And I didn't even realize it when it was happening, but that he was just going around playing black heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was such an amazing thing. And I think that, you know, Spike Lee in interviews has said that all those choices led to him being cast as this character in The Five Bloods. Um, yeah. This character that he plays Storm and Norman. One of the things I love about this, The, the Five Bloods, is um, that all the characters are named for the Temptations Norman, Otis, David, Paul, Eddie. Um, uh, who am I missing? Otis, David, Paul, Eddie. Oh my God! Who is the f- Alex? You would know. I'm in than the me. show. You're in the show. Who do you play? 
Oh, a Melvin. Nope, it's Melvin. Melvin. Melvin's who I play Otis. I play Otis. But Melvin's who I'm missing. But but I but but the 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 cool thing is that Spike Lee said that, you know, we needed this this character that Chadwick plays in this movie is not it's 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 truly a supporting role. It's like it's very much like that and character. You know how in movies um, you know, you have like the starring and then you have the with, you know, with like featuring, blah, blah. And then there's always and it's like, it's, yeah. that's, it's like the heavy, that's the heavy, right? It's like Ian McKellen and Ian McKellen and Kate Blanchett. And this is very much and Chadwick Boseman. Um, and he plays like the, the, they're the leader of this old troop, um, in this movie. And it is really a special performance because, so much of it is about him being this kind of ethereal presence. Like he lives only in their memory. And so there's an intensity that he brings and a, uh, just a kind of like a, it's a very, it's, it's very eerie. It's very eerie to watch because, especially because this man is dead now, um, to watch a movie where he's essentially playing a ghost. Um, right. Interesting. So, so I have, I haven't watched it yet. Is it, it's like a. It takes place in the modern day, following modern following day soldiers after they've grown up and they're they're looking back, and it yes. goes back and forth. It's pretty. Yes, that's exactly what it does, and it's 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 really a treasure hunt. So that the plot is without. And this doesn't give anything away, but the plot is that that as soldiers in the Vietnam War, they found treasure. They found gold. Gotcha. And they buried this gold and promised each other that they would come back to get it. Uh, once everything was cleared and safe and this is the four of them returning norman who chadwick plays did not make it back so they're also coming to uh to pay you know pay their last respects to him um and it's that story it's like the story of this treasure hunt but it also just like it just gets into issues of masculinity and of and of black men's experience in America. And, you know, just like most Spike Lee movies do, there's so many layers to it. It, you know, sometimes Spike Lee to me is a hit or miss, but in this, this one is a hit. This one is act absolutely yeah. one of his best films since Malcolm X. It is, it is truly, uh, it's a gut punch. It's not, an, it's not, it's, it's a, it's a thrilling watch. It's, I think, I think what he also allows himself to do is like, I think one of the things that bogs Spike down sometimes is that he gets obsessed with his social commentary and the social commentary overrides the movie. And I find that, and this is similar to what uh, Pete Chapman said. I think we talked about this with Pete Chapman, that, that Spike is best is at his best when he's kind of confined by genre. In my opinion, yes. I think that when you just give him the, give him the constraints of like, this is this movie about this. And then he finds a way to subversively put his stuff in there, mm-hmm. it rings truer and it and it just it just hits you better. And this is one of those movies because the movie is literally a treasure hunt. That is the movie, um, and it, and and a very a very tense and thrilling treasure hunt. Um, and then the social commentary comes in, and you're like, and it just hits you. Delroy Lindo, in particular, um, will be getting an Oscar nomination this year. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Um, it is the that his performance uh, is absolutely stunning but chadwick i really need to watch this you do yeah so yeah tell me tell me about about chadwick what i love about chadwick's performance in the movie um he he really doesn't have that much screen time um it's very it's very uh like he's he's in there uh in like i said in their memory but it's all about his eyes he does this thing without giving too much away there is an intensity to him that he always brings to his characters, 
but particularly in this one, he, you know, ghosts are are very interesting things in film because they are both there to be reminders of the person we lost and their warnings. And especially in this film, his ghost is a warning and his ghost is not always like a, a welcome presence uh, in the minds of these older men. And he plays this role with such a power, but all like it's a power that's like, like, you know, Spike does that wonderful thing where he has you staring straight dead at the camera and Chadwick's eyes just stay. I can see them right in my mind. You are as, as in awe of him as you are scared of him. Yeah. I and, mean, it, it's something he, I, it's something I don't think that he can help but bring to it. It's yeah. just that there, he has that, you know, they talk about like an it factor, yes. something you can't quite define some kind of power uh, where you don't need to say a word, you don't need to do anything. You understand where this person's kind of center is, right? You understand what they're about and what they stand for and what they, you know, the power that they have without them having to do anything. I mean, the, the movie I chose, it's the same thing where, you know, just just him being there, yep. <laughs> even without any dialogue from from the way that he's looking at these characters and the movements he's making, you understand, you know, what he is completely and um, and it's that's it's so very, unique it's incredibly unique and it's and it's you know there's so many i mean there's so many actors right now uh who especially black you know black men i think we're in this weird place because we are getting our asses kicked by black british men um <laughs> and and that's actually just true across the board i think i think i don't think it's just for black men i think for men in general brits are kicking our butt brits are coming in and being like yo we got this because i think that in america i think that we that acting is personality in britain it's still craft and so you yeah. have guys coming over there uh daniel uh kalua I, I, i'm sure i'm not pronouncing his name right is he english yeah oh yeah he's british bro really isn't that crazy british wow. british Chiwetel i Ejiofor. totally forgot that you, that uh that Tom Holland was. I was watching an interview that he Isn't it was crazy. On. Oh yeah, he's British. It's it's that's uh, and, I'm, and I'm watching The Wire and Idris Elba. That's what I'm saying. I, some, yeah, it's it's insane when you have like what training will do, and there and there are people who are trained who stand like uh, the person I will always come back to is Lakeith Stanfield. Um, yeah. I, is he, he British too? No, he is American, and oh, okay. but he is trained. <laughs> that boy yeah. is trained, and you see it because it's not just about. It's it, there's just a there's just a, a a gravitas to the work and there is a there is a a depth that is not there you know when when he's you're not just, showing up to be personality and read the lines off yeah he he you know he he understands what it is to to craft a character you know um you know and, what that's why I don't like Chris Pratt I think uh, I, that, can, I can I think thinking that. about. Not that I don't appreciate it or think that he's a talented person, but I think that's what he's lacking, you know, through the Jurassic Park movies, especially is like, it feels like he is showing up to be a personality and he can deliver the lines competently. And that's, and, and in this age, when going back to our original conversation about in this age of like Instagram and all this stuff, like mm -hmm. that sells because yeah, you know, these people, right. 
on Instagram. I mean, that, that's a huge part of it. That's the part of it. You want to, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really care about Jurassic Park. I want to spend some time with Chris Pratt. Do you mean like when Jurassic or Jurassic World, sorry, because it's not Jurassic Park. Cause that was the thing. Like right, when, when Jurassic World or when Jurassic Park came out in 93, like, yeah, Jeff Goldblum was he, like definitely, definitely a star. Laura Dern, like young up and comer. Um, you know, they were trying to get Harrison Ford for Dr. Alan Grant and then uh, went with Sam Neill. Um, do you know what I mean? But like, none of these people were like box office draws. Not a one of them. Not really. You know, but now you have a Chris Pratt helming Jurassic World. And it's like, yeah, come spend some time with Chris Pratt and some dinosaurs. Do you mean like that's that is the sell? And so, again, I, it's not to say that, you know, clearly the man is doing something right because he's making hand over fist. You know, maybe not now in the pandemic, but like his movies make hand over fist. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a huge part of it. I mean, as an actor in Hollywood, I'm sure you have to look at your career and 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 play to your strengths. And there are actors who are working because they are very talented craftsmen. And there are actors that are working because they are really fun to mm-hmm. watch. They're very entertaining and they have the right series of, you know, I don't know how you move from Parks and Rec to being a, a global movie star, uh, mm-hmm. but good on good on them for doing it. Yeah. Um, my my choice that I went with for Chadwick, and I'll I'll set it up just so we can. It's not super important. Um, I want to I want to be careful with this one because I didn't really enjoy it. That's fair. Um, and I don't want to I don't want to disparage it. I don't want to talk about the negatives because they're definitely there. But it's an interesting. You know, I'm I'm looking at it more in the context of of this career that he was building and and these choices that he's making where where he fits into the five bloods as you know he he's made a career of playing these heroes um and he fits in thematically and all that this one's um a little bit different of a choice Mm -hmm. uh and i'm I'm curious about it so i will go through it really quickly so we open on a church a sermon a pack a funeral it's a packed house a lot of people there um, the priest is talking about... First, Reginald found a woman as strong, driven, and smart as he. And then I think of his boy, Andre. And I see the same, sometimes infuriating, fearlessness. We focus in on a young boy and his mother sitting in the front. It's the son of the man who's died. And he's watching and, and the priest is talking about the mother and how he found this wonderful woman and how they had this wonderful son. And he's, you know, and what, what this boy, what with using his father's legacy, what this boy is going to bring to the world. Cut to present day. Uh, the little boy is, is Chadwick Boseman. He's yep. a detective. And he's on, he's in, he's in front of an internal affairs, internal affairs investigation i didn't have a choice i could choose not to be a cop being a cop isn't a choice for me what is it then dna he's he's being questioned about maybe he uses too much force or is it always justified he's got a reputation as being trigger happy Hmm. he defends himself you know as as saying he's he's doing what needs to be done he knows who he is he's you know he could never it's in his dna to be doing this but you can tell he he doesn't he doesn't fit in with the rest of the room that's you know it's cops talking to cops yeah um and you can tell that he immediately through the way he delivers this monologue it's a, it's like a pretty serious dramatic scene just because he's there the dialogue is whatever <laughs> 
the you know the the scene is not even it doesn't seem that important but just his seriousness his gravitas that he brings in swings like a hammer during the civil war some soldiers just kept loading their muskets without ever firing five or six balls loaded on top of each other in vietnam only 30 percent of frontline infantry soldiers ever fired a shot so 10 soldiers in battle only three truly fighting uh, are you really using war analogies here detective david what do you imagine the other seven were doing over the course of this first act we follow two criminals who are going to knock over a bar you know they there's cocaine there they're going to steal it goes wrong they end up killing a bunch of police and they have to shut manhattan down mm-hmm. chadwick's the the lead detective who's going to catch him he says shut shut down the 21 bridges straight mama mm. I, I need to, I need to take my meds. No, 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 no. You took home. You you already took home. You look tired. You work too hard. Yeah, you got that right. It's, it's the job. It's what I do. I know. You gotta look the devil in the eye. Yeah. The film is Twenty One Bridges. Uh, Because I guess that's how many bridges there are that connect Manhattan to the rest of the world. So the idea is they shut the island down. It's a very love that title, by the way. Love that. It's it's a great title. Uh, It's an absurd premise. Sure. Um, If you ever thought about it, it's again. This is where like I don't want to get into the negatives. No. Yeah. This, This movie is surprisingly 80s. Yes. It's surprise. It it harkens back to an era of you know more bullets more car chases bigger ideas uh you know very die hard you know just 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 big you know it feel yeah um, watching the trailer it felt like a, a movie that uh that denzel would have done absolutely you know what i mean like this absolutely been one of his starring vehicles and, and everything is done everything is done competently uh and and chadwick's performance is is great um, but what struck me is, and what's different from literally everything else I've seen him in is that it could have been somebody else. Yes. That ca- they could have cast somebody else. Yes. Um, the character is not deep. Yep. You know, all he's got for his personal struggle is his, you know, the story with his dad who was, who was killed by criminals, you know, and died fighting back against the criminals. And so you get kind of what drives him and he wants, you know, the very classic, like the cop wants to fight against, you know, the dirty cops and, and because he's got principles and morals and, you know, fight for what's right and all that kind of stuff. And um, it's very, very generic in that sense. And it was, it was interesting. It's just, it's interesting. I don't know. Fun to watch a movie like that though. Cause they don't really make them like that anymore. But what I will say in, 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 you know, in line with everything else we're saying about Chadwick's career, you know, when Denzel, like I think about, um, what's that movie he made about with Anne, uh, Annette Benning about terrorism in New York, the siege, the siege, the siege, the siege with him and Bruce Willis and Annette Benning. Hmm. Um, you know, these, these kind of generic movies where, yeah, they could, it could have been anyone. Like I think about Manchurian candidate, Right. And again, great character. Could have been anyone. Did not have to be Could Denzel. Could have been anyone. Did yeah. not have to be Denzel. But I think that so, go ahead. 
Well, so yeah, so this this felt like because of Black Panther, because yeah. of the rising star, and that's how it felt when they advertised it too. You know, yeah, he's front and center, Chadwick Boseman action film, whatever. I think it's it's like co-produced with the Chinese, um, yeah. so it, it was kind of built as this global action movie, uh, pushing Chadwick, you know, onto things beyond Marvel. Um, and the and the cast around him is great. Sienna Miller is in it. J.K. Simmons, as always, is amazing. Taylor Kitsch from Friday Night Lights is in it, who's pretty good. In, in a role that I just read was actually Chris Pratt was up for it. For Chris Taylor Pratt. Kitsch's role? Yeah, they were gonna Chris that, Pratt. That makes sense. Of, Again, yeah. really anybody, you know, he he plays one of the two uh guys who tries to to steal the the drugs and gets caught up in this huge thing. Um and so it it's and it's it's fun. You know, again, everything is everything is competent. And what what Chadwick brings to it, I think, is that idea where whereas Denzel, he walks into a room, you know, cock of the walk. I'm here. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm here. You know, he plays action star as like a am in control and you better watch out kind yeah. of action star. Um, Chadwick's got that vulnerability, right? He's got yeah. that quietness. He's got that. He's not going to let anybody fuck with him. He says all the right things and does all the right things to push back when he needs to and to make sure that nobody's getting in his way. He has the energy the energy and and the uh the momentum of a Denzel like character, but he does it quietly. He does it stoically. He does it, you know, uh, a little gracefully. Um and you and you understand through that without him needing to prove it, which the script goes ahead and and basically, you know, it's a paint by numbers kind of like this is who I am and why I do this kind of thing. Yep. Um you you still understand why he's making the choices that he does and, and the interactions he has with the obviously torn, you know, quote unquote criminals who actually maybe, maybe they're not bad people and they're just caught in a bad situation. And he's the only one who recognizes it. It all makes sense because, because it's him. You're the only cop tonight who speaks first and shoots second. It's fucking morning and you killed eight of us. Not all eight were clean. Who cares? You do. How do you know I'm any different? Because you would have shot me by now. But it's not enough to it's not enough to save save the movie, unfortunately. No, no. But you know, but again, I think that I think that the beauty here is like, uh, look, every script that you get, every movie you make is not going to be the best movie in the world. But did you did you elevate the movie? Did your right. presence make the movie more than it should have been than it ever deserved to be? And right. It sounds like from what you're saying, yes, he he did that, and that that he is did, a power. He did all he could. He did all he could, and I mean, it brings there's you know the other aspect of all this, obviously, that we should talk about. You know, we we can't know anything for sure, but uh, from 2016 on, he was battling cancer, which which is a which is a fight that drains you not only emotionally, knowing the fight that you have ahead and and a potential outcome, um, but physically going through chemotherapy and, and, you know, all, all of the weight loss and all of the, just, you know, I've, I've, I've seen family members go through colon cancer. My aunt passed away from colon cancer and, and watching the progression of what that is by the end, it's, it's hard to get up and get out of bed. Um, and, and to, to run a career, not, you know, not even keeping people in the dark about it, but just to, to go and all of what it takes all of the energy that it takes to do even one of these things there's a school of thought that says you know should we glorify the fact that he you know 
kept pushing forward because at the end of the day, you have a person who, you know, should have been resting. I mean, not should yeah. have been resting, but like he, he chose, let's, let's say this Chadwick chose to do exactly what he wanted to do, but anybody that's sick deserves to be able to rest. Mm-hmm. What, what this says to me where I come down on this is you did what you loved. That's what I, that's what I love more than any of this is like you, if you are going to, especially after the movies you made, dude, you got a whole st- you got a whole studio invested in your health. All you have to do is be like, "Hey, I'm good." When when that dude from Andy Whitfield from Spartacus, when he started his battle with cancer, they literally they shut down. They said, "Cool, we're going to rewrite we are not filming this until you're better, bro. We're going to rewrite the second season and we're going to go back in time so that your character's not even in it yet, so to give you time to do what you got to do." And that was that was stars. Do you know what I mean? That's not even Disney. Disney who like you just made them kajillion dollars and he chose to keep working and that's I I I view it less about like oh my god the strength that that takes more about you fucking loved what you did and that that's what I I think is the best part that's the thing that I that is inspirational to me is like and and it's the thing that gives me hope in the midst of all this because it's like if there's something that you love that you are that you truly feel you're built to do, you find a way to do it just because it gives you joy. And I and I, I want what I what I hope for him, I hope that every moment on set was a joyful one. I, I just hope that every every time he stepped on into work, that he even if it was a bad day, I hope he just just enjoyed the work because that's I that's the only reason I can think of that you would do that. And um I think it was Spike shared a clip um, the day or two after after he passed away of a behind the scenes, the, maybe the last day of shooting on Five Bloods, and it's just them, you know, they, they're they are coming out saying, you know, like, we want to do it one more time, one more time, and the whole the whole cast comes out with water guns and just starts spraying everybody, and everybody's you know laughing, have that kind of like you know that family element that you want on a set, wherever you know you're just you're just ripping on everybody else, and you're you're out doing work but but having a great time doing it and i I think you know it just kind of showed that yeah he was you know he was there having fun he was there sharing sharing his his heart (laughs) and and his soul with people and yeah and i will say i miss it i miss it so much that is something uh in a a very real moment i will tell you like i i think about that often and there's you know there's a couple people who are who are returning back to to work um in the arts you know getting getting you know whether they're filming up in vancouver or you know, people filming out of, out of the, out of the country, but it is, um, that camaraderie of being around a group mm. of people and, and working toward the common goal on something, yeah. uh, is something I miss every day. Me so I, too. Yeah. I'm very Me glad too. that he got to, got to have that in his last years. Um, but Chadwick, listen, uh, we so appreciate everything that you did and everything that you are and your legacy will never be forgotten. Um, you know, you have in such a short time made such a mark on this world. Um, thank you for everything you left at, left us to enjoy. And we can't, you have one more gift. You have uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom based on the the uh, play by August Wilson and the, um, in his, I always forget what the cycle is called, but it's a cycle of 10 plays. Is it the Pittsburgh? It might be the Pittsburgh cycle of Philadelphia. I, for, I forget. Um, but uh... I can't can't wait to can't wait to check it out it's gonna be i'm sure it's gonna be amazing um have but, you ever seen it the, the uh, actual play 
Yeah. Oh no, no, no. I've seen. So, so the thing is, um, August Wilson is one of the, it's, it's, it's kind of fucked up, but August Wilson, when I was, when I was in school kids, August Wilson was the playwright that like, you know, uh, when, whenever a black actor came in, um, they'd be like, oh yeah, do some August Wilson. Uh, and they'd throw you in August Wilson, like every <laughs> black actor, it's the Pittsburgh cycle. Every black oh, actor get, gets a, get gotten August, August Wilson scene. Cause that was the only black playwright yeah. that schools knew to, oh, to he did to. fences. That makes yes. sense. Yeah, no, he, it's the, yeah, it's, like it's fences. Yeah. It's, it's the Pittsburgh. It's all the, all the plays are all decades in Pittsburgh. So Jitney is the 1970s. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is 1920s. Fences is 1950s. Joe Turner's Come and Gone is 1910s. Piano Lesson 1930s. Two, run, two Trains Running 1960s. Seven Guitars 1940s. King Headley 1980s. Gem of the Ocean 1900s. And Radio Golf is the wow. 1990s. So the he, kind of focus you need to have to see a plan like that through. Insane. <laughs> is insane. Insane. Um, yeah, truly. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, you know, I say that, I mean, August Wilson, easily one of the best playwrights of our time. Um, and, and those plays are incredible. So I can't wait to see it, but, uh, but yeah, this is, this has been a, a nice send off to a truly, truly, truly legendary actor. Um, so thank you, Chadwick yeah. and, uh, Alex, you, uh, you, you take care of yourself, buddy. You too, professor. Little Justin, little Justin, little Justice. Fuck yeah. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.